please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you doing today, my friend? You doing good? You feeling strong? You doing everything the doctor tells you to? You taking your medication the way you're supposed to? You going to the therapist? You doing the exercises? Excellent. Excellent. I just like to remind people to do what you're supposed to do. Hey, how are you making out on your New Year's resolution? I've, I've heard from one person so far, and that's a young lady from New Jersey who's, she's knocked off 14 pounds. I want to hear from the rest of you. Are you sticking with those New Year's resolutions? It's only February. Of course, you should still be sticking with them. So let me know. Hey, before we start, I want to remind you that an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So go over there, check out www.famousapple.com. Check out what we have to offer over there as far as information and check out our sponsors. Yeah, you won't be sorry. Go over there, check us out. We have got a good one for you today. Actually, it's chock full of information today, really. We're going to be talking about sleep apnea. This is something that all of a sudden, it's like doctors go to the same meeting or something. It seems like every time you go to the doctor, the first thing they're asking you, have you had a sleep study? But, you know, people maybe aren't that familiar with sleep apnea and some of the things that it can cause. I know I wasn't, and I ended up going for a sleep study, and I found out for myself that I had I had sleep apnea. But I will tell you this, the, those CPAP machines can be difficult, but they're not too difficult that you can't use them. So we're going to talk about that. Also, there's this common problem some people have. A lot of people actually have it. Uh, they wake up in the middle of the night gasping for air. Has that ever happened to you? Well, I have a study about that also that we're going to go over. It's it, This is very interesting, actually. You know, it's not not uncommon, but I'll tell you what, it can scare the crap out of you when it happens, right? And I also have this new study. It's from Life Hackers, and it's a way that's going to help you save money. It's going to help you simplify your life, and we're going to try it. We're going to start using it on the podcast every week, and I want to hear your ideas, your comments about it. So let's just jump right into it. This first one, this first study I got is from Medical News Today. It's about sleep apnea. Now, did you know sleep apnea can actually stop you from forming life memories? Now, you're probably saying, what? But, <laughs> yeah, just listen to this. This is pretty interesting. New research suggests that obstructive sleep apnea may impair a person's ability to form meaningful memories about their personal life. Such dysfunction may, in turn, be a sign of depression, cautions the researchers. Obstructive sleep apnea, or OSA, is a sleep disorder that affects more than 18 million adults in the United States and over 100 million people worldwide. Those with this condition often have fragmented sleep because OSA interrupts their breathing briefly 
but repeatedly. OSA also lowers a person's oxygen levels, and the combination of poor sleep and oxygen deprivation raises the risk of cardiovascular problems, mood disorders, and memory problems. New research zooms in on potential consequences of OSA, depression. Previous studies have found that the rates of depression are higher among people with OSA, but mechanisms behind this association were unclear. The new study, which was led by Melissa Jackson, a senior research fellow at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology University in Melbourne, Australia, investigates the relationship between OSA and autobiographical memory. What is autobiographical memory? Autobiographical memory refers to a person's ability to memorize specific episodes and retain information about their personal lives. Research has previously linked impaired autobiographical memory with depression. We know that overly general autobiographical memories, where people don't remember many specific details of life's events are associated with the development of persistent depression, Dr. Jackson explains. She goes on to lay out the motivation for her research. Sleep apnea is also a significant risk factor for depression, so we can better understand the neurological mechanisms at work, we have a chance to improve the mental health of millions of people. In the new study, Dr. Jackson and colleagues examined the link between OSA and autobiographical memory. The researchers published their findings in the Journal of the International Neuropsychological Society. Overgeneral Memories and Sleep Apnea. Dr. Jackson and, and her team examined 44 adults who had OSA but were not actively treating it and 44 healthy adults without OSA. The researchers looked at the individual's abilities to remember various kinds of memories from their childhood, early adult lives, and recent events. The study revealed that people with OSA had considerably more overgeneral memories than people without OSA. Overgeneral memories describe memories that people cannot recall in much specific detail. In the current study, more than 52% of those participants with OSA had overgeneral memories, whereas less than 19% of the participants in the control group had overgeneral memories. Moreover, the study compared semantic memory with episodic memory. The former describes detailed facts and information about someone's personal history, whereas the latter describes the ability to remember broader events or episodes. The researchers found that while the episodic memory of people with OSA was intact, their semantic memory was impaired. Also, they established a correlation between a higher number of autobiographical memories and worse semantic memory across both groups. Our study suggests sleep apnea may impair the brain's capacity to either encode or consolidate certain types of life memories, which makes it hard for people to recall details from the past, explains Dr. Jackson. Brain scans of people with sleep apnea show that they have significant loss of gray matter from regions that overlap with the autobiographical memory network, the scientist continues. Dr. Jackson, a senior research fellow at RMIT's School of Biomedical and Health Sciences, goes on to outline some direction for future research. 
We need to look at whether there's shared neurobiological mechanisms at work. That is, does the dysfunction of that network lead to both depression and memory problems in people with sleep apnea? In the future, Dr. Jackson and her team plan to determine whether successful treatment of sleep apnea can help counter some of these memory issues or even restore memories that have been lost. All right, so there you have it. Now you're probably saying, Jimmy, what the hell are you doing reading us studies on sleep apnea? Listen, one of the things that affect us as disabled people is after we become disabled, nine times out of ten, we become depressed. And there's many reasons for becoming depressed our, our physical health uh you know we're not able to do what we used to do anymore we're not working anymore our financial well-being has changed drastically we, we all know that and that's all reasons for depression as well now is there's also these internal problems for depression and if we can handle these depressions and limit them, minimize them a bit. It'll make it make it easier for us. And that's why I read these studies, just to make it a little bit easier for us to get through these times, these, these trying times that we're in as disabled people. I'm not reading it to bore you to death, believe me. <laughs> what kind of plan would that be? Hey, I have a podcast. Let me see how many people I can bore to death. No, I'm reading these because I want you be, to be loaded when you go to the doctor. I want you to have ammunition. I want you to be able to talk to the doctor and understand what he's saying to you. These, some of these things, I didn't know a lot of these things about sleep apnea. I went there, went for the sleep study. I had no idea what a sleep study was. And he's telling me, I need you to go for a sleep study. I'm like, what did I do? And he just glosses over it. Let me tell you what a sleep study is. A sleep study requires you to go to uh, a clinic, usually around six o'clock at night. It requires you to bring your pajamas and they put you in a room. They hook you up with some uh, leads. They make you comfortable. There's a TV in the room. They turn the lights out. You can watch TV until you fall asleep and they monitor you throughout the night. Halfway through the night, they're counting how many times you actually stop breathing and they'll come in at one point, wake you up and they'll put a CPAP machine on you. That's the sleep apnea machine. And then they'll monitor you again. That's the whole test. There's no needles. There's no x-rays. There's no nothing. You're going, a sleep apnea test is a sleep test. It's you go into a place and your test is to sleep. And believe me, if you're like me, you don't even have to study for it. You just got to go in, get comfortable and fall off to la-la land. The rest is on them. So like I said, I just want you to be aware. I want you to have the facts. Now, the next study we're going to look at is along the same lines. And it's why we wake up gasping for air. Now, let's get let's jump right into that. OK. While waking up gasping for air is not uncommon, it can be extremely frightening. Some causes, such as post-nasal drip, are easily treated. Others may require medical attention and long-term treatment plan. In this article, we describe why a person may wake up gasping for air, tools, and medicines that can help, and went to see a doctor. Causes. An individual may wake up gasping for air for a variety of reasons, including obstructive sleep apnea. Sleep apnea refers to the involuntary pauses in breathing during sleep. The two main types are central sleep apnea, which is caused by signaling problems in the brain, and obstructive sleep apnea, which occurs when a blockage in the airway stops airflow. 
According to the National Sleep Foundation, around 18 million adults in the United States has obstructive sleep apnea. A person may be unaware that they have this condition until someone informs them that they snore or gasp for air while asleep. When the person gasping catches their breath, they may not fully awaken. Additional symptoms of sleep apnea include morning headaches, daytime tiredness, memory problems, fatigue, and irritability. Anxiety. Anxiety can lead to panic attacks, and when they occur at night, a person may wake up gasping for air. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, around 70% of the people with anxiety disorders report difficulty sleeping. Other symptoms of anxiety include restlessness, feeling of dread or worry, a fast heart rate, panic, and difficulty concentrating. Asthma. Asthma is a chronic condition that causes inflammation in the airways. Nocturnal asthma is the medical term for having symptoms while sleeping. When the condition is poorly controlled, nocturnal asthma is common. Additional symptoms of asthma include coughing, wheezing, feeling of unable to catch breath, and tightness in the chest. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. COPD occurs when small air sacs in the lungs are damaged. These sacs, called alveoli, become floppy, making it difficult to push air out of the lungs. Symptoms can occur while a person is sleeping. They may wake up gasping for air or feel like they're suffocating. Other symptoms of COPD include wheezing, excessive mucus, coughing, fatigue, and tightness in the chest. Heart failure. When the heart is not pumping blood as efficiently as it should, this is called heart failure. Abnormal heart valves, a history of heart attack, and coronary artery disease can all lead to heart failure. Shortness of breath is one of the most common symptoms. At first, the person may only notice it during physical activity. As the condition progresses, a person may develop shortness of breath while resting or sleeping. A person with heart failure may also experience fatigue, swelling of the feet and legs, chest pain, and abdominal swelling. Post-nasal drip. Mucus and saliva produced throughout the day typically flow to the back of the nose and throat and are swallowed. A person may be unaware of this process. Post-nasal drip occurs when the mucus accumulates and trickles down the back of the throat. As the mucus builds up, a person may feel like they cannot breathe. If they are asleep, they may wake up gasping for air. Gastric reflux, disease, sinus infections, and allergies are all common causes of post-nasal drip. Additional symptoms include bad breath, a sore throat, a bad taste in the mouth, and coughing. The diagnosis. A doctor will ask a person to talk about their symptoms and medical history. They may also perform a physical exam. The following test can help determine why a person wakes up gasping. Blood tests, a sleep study to determine whether the person has sleep apnea, an echocardiogram to check for heart abnormalities, an electrocardiogram to measure the heart rate and rhythm, a pulmonary function test to diagnose the respiratory conditions. Treatment. Once a doctor has discovered the cause, they may even recommend one of the following treatments. Medication. Medications can treat heart failure, COPD, and anxiety. Beta blockers can improve the function of the heart and eventually reduce 
breathlessness. Bronchodilators and corticosteroid inhalers can open the airways and improve airflow to people with COPD. This may result in reduced shortness of breath. Anti-anxiety medication can lead to fewer panic attacks and a person may stop waking up gasping for air. Continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP. When obstructive sleep apnea is the culprit, a doctor may recommend CPAP. This therapy involves a machine that delivers air to the lungs, preventing the airway from becoming blocked. Dental devices. An obstructive sleep apnea may also be treated with a dental device that pushes the tongue and jaw forward, preventing muscles of the throat from collapsing backwards and blocking the flow of air. Saline nasal sprays. These are often recommended to manage post-nasal drip. Using a neti pot to flush out the sinuses may also help. Good sleep habits. The following tips can help to reduce anxiety-related gasping and decrease stress overall. Get enough sleep. Go to bed and wake up at the same time each day. Consume caffeine only in the morning. And before going to sleep, do some relaxing, such as meditation, breathing exercises, or even reading. When to see a doctor. A person may not require treatment if they wake up gasping for air infrequently, show no other symptoms, and can get back to sleep quickly. However, if a person experiences these symptoms often, or if other symptoms are present, they should speak to a doctor. Now, if an individual also has chest pain or cannot catch their breath, they should seek immediate medical care. Once the underlying cause is identified, a doctor will recommend treatment that can ensure uninterrupted sleep. And the uninterrupted sleep will help with your depression. Well, there you have it, guys. That's important. Sleep is important. And I've been saying that right from the beginning, too. And that's why it's important to go to bed at the same time, wake up like you always did. Keep that regular regimen that you always had, and things will be good. All right, look, we're going to take a quick break here. And on the other side, we're going to discuss a money-saving tip from Life Hackers. So stay with us. It'll be 30 seconds, me a shake of a lamb's tail, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Be right back. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. And there you're going to find connections to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. You're going to find connections to our private chat board, our private chat rooms. You're also going to find that we're sponsored now by As Seen on TV. And there's a lot of products displayed on the page for you to check out. So you get a minute, go over there, check out www.famousapple.com. Tell your friends about us. But don't go until we finish the conversation. Let's get back to it. And we're back. That wasn't too long, huh? 30 seconds. I'm mere bag of shells. Hey, so that was interesting stuff about the sleep apnea and the gasping for air. And, you know, if you go to your doctor and you, you have not check you out for it, tell him you heard about it here on an apple a day. Tell him Jimmy Apple sent you. <laughs> All right, we got this new information site that we're using and it's called life hacker and i found some interesting things on it that make a lot of sense and it can help you save money and save you from being ripped off which is a big thing as far as i'm concerned now this one here it says always take a copy of your receipt from your 
from a restaurant. You know, you go there, you pay with a credit card, you get the customer copy. Well, now, this is good not only just for a restaurant, but if you have pizza delivered and you pay by your credit card over the phone, always make sure you get that customer copy. And this is going to tell you why. So here we go. It says, uh, we've all left the customer copy of the receipt lying on the table at a restaurant after we finished dinner. Here's a good reason why you might want to take it with you and keep it somewhere safe. On a recent thread... A former restaurant worker recommended people bringing their receipts home so staff can't adjust the gratuity after you leave. I had a dishonest friend I learned would change every tip that wasn't 20% to at least that. Every single one. Never got caught. Because of him, I write the total amount of my bill, including the tip, below the numeric total and above the signature line like one I would write it on a check every time. To be clear, waiters and others in the food service industry work difficult jobs, so taking your receipt home is not about shaming deserving staff so much as for your own safekeeping. For the record, if you're having a good meal and decent service, tipping around 20% is the standard. Mistakes happen and bad handwriting on a receipt is common. Mine, for instance, is terrible and I don't blame any server for wanting to confirm my chicken scratch. <laughs> By keeping your copy of the receipt, at least you can easily refute it why it wouldn't make sense to pay $10 for a $4 cup of coffee. Then there's the situation in which you accidentally leave a credit card at a bar and wake up the next day to find a walkout fee attached on your bill. This is entirely legal as long as the bar has warned you in advance, like on a signage, though you could contest it if that wasn't made clear to you. A responsible place should only charge you when you return to pick up your card, not beforehand and without your consent, both of which are grounds to dispute the charge. So what should you do if you find a fake total? For one, when you keep a, keep a receipt, make sure you wrote the gratuity on your copy too. Contact the restaurant, refute the inaccurate total, and explain what you ordered and the tip you originally provided. If this doesn't resolve it, or you lost the receipt, contest the charge with your bank. They'll contact the merchant on your behalf so you can avoid the awkward conversation and hopefully refund the disputed amount. If you don't want to carry around a load of receipts in your wallet everywhere you go, take a photo of the bill instead or provide a cash tip and be sure to write cash on the gratuity line so everybody's happy. Well, that all makes sense, right? I think so. Now, I just want to add a couple of more things into this. Have you been to a restaurant and noticed like um, you go there for a, for a birthday party, say, and you have six friends with you and you're going to pick up the bill. But it says on the bill, gratuity of 18% added on parties of six or more. Well, that's all well and good, but suppose you get crappy service. Now, me personally, I always overtip when I go out for a party. I prepare for it and I always overtip. But when I see this on the bill, this annoys me to no end. Who are you to tell me how much I have to tip somebody? And what if the, what if the service sucks? What if it's the worst service you ever had? What do you do then? Well, I tell you what you do. You call the manager over and you tell him, take that 18% off because you're not going to tip for bad service. You wouldn't tip someone else for bad service, would you? Of course not. So don't, don't let them strong arm you into paying something that you don't want to pay. Remember that. You're not 
obligated to leave an 18% tip. You should leave a tip for good service. I mean, that should be part of your plan when you go out to eat. But you're not obligated to pay for bad service. Remember that. And don't let anyone make you feel like you are. All right. Well, that should wrap it up for today. Thank you very much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a great week this week. Uh, Do me a favor. Let us know what you think about this with the life hacks. Uh, let us know, let me know if you think that this should be a regular part. I, I find it pretty interesting and believe me, there are a lot of things in there that, that'll come in handy for all of us, for all of us. You don't have to be disabled for it to come in handy, but especially if you're disabled, it's going to come in handy. Uh, I want to remind you, the first two studies that we read today about sleep apnea and gasping for air were provided by Medical News Today and... This last one about taking home your receipts from the restaurant that was provided by Lifehackers at lifehackers.com. So thanks again for stopping by today. And I want you to remember this. No matter what, no matter what, things can always be worse. Right now, somebody's striving to get where you're at. So listen, I'll talk to you on Tuesday next week. We have another little slice of the apple coming up and have a great weekend. Thanks again for stopping by. You've been listening to an apple a day. This is Jimmy Apple. I'll see you next Tuesday, my friends. Thanks for listening to an apple a day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.